Welcome to the Profitable Pinterest Virtual Assistant Podcast, where you'll learn how to create a business that allows you to recapture your time and make a meaningful impact. I'm your host, Jenna, former educator turned freelancer, here to fill you with hope and give you real action steps to help you build a profitable virtual assistant business. All right, so I am so excited about today's guest expert. I have Nicole here, and she has so much wonderful information that I know is just going to bring a lot of peace of mind to a lot of you who are just starting your business or you are even curious about starting your business and really concerned about the legal side of things. So thank you so much for joining and sharing all of your information with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to to hop on and have this conversation with you. We were chatting a little bit before and I am even more excited now uh, just knowing, oh gosh, that I feel like it's going to be a breath of fresh air to just kind of get some things out in the open and talked about that. I feel like everyone who has a business or is looking at starting a business has had these concerns. Yeah, I think that when especially newer entrepreneurs kind of hear the word legal or the word attorney, kind of the initial gut reaction is to kind of cringe and get very overwhelmed. And that kind of became my main mission in business was to kind of change that reaction and really make legal affordable and accessible for especially online business owners, because kind of the cost of admission now to start a business, especially in the online space is is very low compared to how it used to be in terms of starting a brick and mortar. So it's been a fun kind of journey working with these um, newer emerging entrepreneurs to make sure that they're getting their solid legal foundation in place and, and watching them build. I mean, I've, I've had people that started with me from day one build, you know, multi-million dollar businesses. And it's been a fun, a fun ride. That's so awesome. And I love that your heart with it has been for you know, helping people get started with that solid foundation so that they're not overlooking really important things in their business because of that financial barrier that sometimes we can believe is there when we don't know there are options, you know, like some of the things that you've created that we'll get into more, I'm sure. Yeah. So It's funny because, so I've been a a practicing attorney here in California for almost 11 years now. Um, And I stumbled into the online space on my own kind of personal development journey after having my daughter and starting my own law firm. And I was trying to kind of find my way and found this beautiful space of especially so many women entrepreneurs starting online businesses. And the second they found out I was an attorney, they would start sending me messages on Instagram and on Facebook. And can you just answer this one question? And do I need a contract for this? And what type of entity should I form? And it was so foreign to me, especially as an attorney, it was kind of like, well, why don't you just reach out to a local attorney to have these conversations with them? You know, and 99% out of the, of the time it was, it's too expensive. It's too scary. Can you just answer a quick question? And that was when I had kind of my entrepreneurial light bulb moment where I was like, oh, there's, there's a need for an attorney that can work with these women to make sure that they are protecting themselves with written contracts and making sure that they have kind of that solid, that solid foundation, because without those foundational pieces, you're really building kind of a business with the house of cards, right? And like one strong gust of wind is going to knock everything down. And it's so much more expensive to go put legal protections in place after the fact, after you've had the issue with the client or the customer, you know, be that through negotiation, or if you end up having to go to court versus just getting it in place in advance and having kind of the groundwork to follow when you have an issue come up. It's been fun kind of adding the online business side to my virtual law practice. So I have my own virtual law practice here in California, and I'm able to work with California-based businesses for custom contracts and policies. 
but US-wide businesses for federal trademark registration. Um, and I also launched an online business, my own online business, providing legal templates and online resources so that people who are maybe not ready to work with an attorney one-on-one, or they just haven't set aside the budget because, you know, a lot of the times the shiny things went out, you know, the new website and the logo and (laughs) social media manager. So providing those legal templates, their client agreements and their privacy policies and non-disclosure agreements and things that they can use until they get to the point of being ready to work with an attorney one-on-one has been a really fun resource. And it's been a a fun journey. Like I said, just being able to, to do something that I'm so passionate about and to be able to watch other women chase their passions. Yes. And I love that you saw that need and then you saw your ability to, to fill a need that was there and, you know, just really show up for women in the same situation as you. And, you know, they just, they knew they wanted to do it right, but it is, it's scary. And I think of, you know, I'm in South Georgia and like, I feel like people look at me like they have no idea what I'm talking about when I talk about my online business. So, you know, depending on where you are, if you're in an area where most of the legal counsel is not even going to really understand what you're saying, then you kind of are like, well, am I really going to have what I need in this contract when you feel like they don't get your business and different pieces that are unique to having an online business and the, you know, the type of work that you provide, like as a service provider in you know, my situation. And so with you having that and you kind of having that understanding, it just makes it feel for me personally, it would be a lot more approachable. It would build my confidence that you, you're like me. <laughs> you just also have the legal side of things to offer, which is really comforting. Yeah. And I think that kind of ties to one of the questions that I always tell my clients, even if they're just in a consultation with me, is it's important when you speak with an attorney to make sure that there is some kind of common footing. You feel safe. You feel heard. You feel um, as though your whatever legal needs it it is that you have are going to be met and addressed. And you want to make sure you find somebody who's confident in your specific area. It is true. There is a difference between kind of the brick and mortar business space and online. We're becoming a global marketplace, right? I mean, so many of us work with other service providers in other countries. There's so much emerging data privacy legislation and so many crossover issues in terms of which do I pay attention to? Which am I responsible for? Um, And I think a lot of the times for people that have kind of started dabbling to figure out what do I need to get in place, it can feel very overwhelming if they don't know where to start. So yes, I, I like that I'm able to provide those resources to give them a place to start and to be able to not feel so overwhelmed. That's been kind of the, the soapbox that I stand on uh, in my online business very proudly. <laughs> so. Yes. And it's so needed. So very needed. So I'm so glad that you are able to show up and fill that need. So especially because written contracts really are kind of the cornerstone foundational piece of having an online business. And kind of before we launch into it, I'm just going to give my own little disclaimer. Um, that everything I'm going to share is legal education and information. It's not business, financial, or legal advice. It doesn't create an attorney-client relationship between us. And you do definitely want to chat with an attorney in your area to make sure that you are taking the right steps for you and your business. But exploring written contracts really for every relationship that you have in your business is one of the most important steps that you can take uh, because contracts, you know, oral contracts can be enforceable, which is something that a lot of people don't know. They can be, they can be enforceable, but it can be a hot mess, especially if you end up in court trying to prove there was a meeting of the minds when you're looking at notes from telephone calls or Facebook messages or, you know, and trying to piece everything together yeah. to to prove what the agreement was versus very, very clearly delineating kind of these are the services that I'm providing. Here is the payment. Here are the terms in terms of when payment is due. 
Um, you know, do I offer refunds? Do I not offer refunds? What are uh, the expectations in terms of time frame? You know, what are the deliverables, especially in the social media marketing space? If you're a social media manager, you want to make sure there's language in there that there's no guarantees. Yes, you're helping them potentially with online advertisements and, um, you know, social media posts, but you can't guarantee that there's going to be an increase in their business or uh, in income or in clients reaching out. So kind of making sure those things are covered in writing so that if an issue comes up and you can revisit the contract is imperative. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so important. And like you said, it just takes out all of the guesswork and and the headache of if there is ever an issue, you're not scrambling to find proof of anything. It's just all laid out. Yeah. And especially kind of tying back to the online marketplace concept. um, And with so many of us working with people in other countries, another really important thing to consider in your contract is dispute resolution. You know, if you guys have something come up, are you going to have good faith negotiations before one of you initiates arbitration or mediation or litigation. And if you have to go that route, where are you handling those things? Is it in, you know, close to you in your state, in your county, or are you having to kind of to travel to Timbuktu and find local legal counsel in an international country to help you? That's kind of one of the things that you can think about is if you have a contract in place with your clients, you get the benefit of saying this is where disputes are going to be handled and it's going to be near me. Um, And it puts the onus on them a little bit to travel, which is something that if you don't have a contract for services, especially, there's a lot of ambiguity that would have to get pieced together and it can get very expensive once you get counsel involved. Yeah, that's something you want to to have laid out for sure. Yeah, definitely. So kind of once you have your client agreement, which is obviously important, you want to make sure that you're making money and that you're doing it in a great way um, and having those terms laid out especially if you're doing business in the online space, you also want to make sure that you have your website policies in place. So we talked about data privacy legislation kind of briefly. And um, for those of you who maybe don't know what that means, really, there is this trend in the legal space because we're very slow to catch up with business in the online space to give kind of power back to the consumers in terms of how their personal information is being controlled and processed. So When I say personal information, that's email addresses, first names, addresses, telephone numbers, credit card information. If you're processing, you know, orders online, there have been so many data breaches, um, you know, and people's information is getting sold on the dark web. And so this legislation is really kind of still evolving to make sure that business owners are taking the brunt of having to protect that information and be very clear with their clients and their customers about how that information is being used uh, in their business. And so having a privacy policy on your website is actually legally required. California was kind of the first state in the United States that made that requirement. And then in 2018, the European Union issued the General Data Protection Regulation or GDPR, which also required it if you're doing business with even one person who is located in the European Union or the UK. Um, And then I'm in California. So we like to keep things fun. In 2020, we had more data privacy legislation come come (laughs) down. (laughs) They kind of broaden the scope of, you know, the the protections that are offered. And there basically is pending legislation in almost every single US state right now, as well as federal legislation. So not to overwhelm you guys or scare you guys, but it's something that you kind of do need to be paying attention to as a business owner in the online space, quite frankly. Yes. Well, that's why I'm happy that you're here to kind of break it down a little bit and then, you know, know that you are a resource for getting exactly what we need to make sure that all of those bases are covered. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got your client agreement, you have your privacy policy. One of the other things that I highly recommend is having terms and conditions for your website, which really is the rules of the road for your website users. It tells them what they can and can't do with your content. 
Uh, it talks about things like your disclaimers, the disclaimer I gave at the beginning of this this podcast before we kind of started outlining some legal basics. Um, it lets them know that you're sharing information and education on your website. And, you know, maybe if they use a third-party link that you've used on your website to go purchase services or to, you know, um, explore working with somebody else, it lets them know that that third-party website is responsible for your experience, not you. Share things like affiliate links. And if you're using affiliate links, aka you get some sort of kickback, somebody uses your link, you know, it lets them know again that you're getting that kickback. And again, the experience on that third-party website is their own and you have kind of no involvement aside from sharing the link. Those kind of very basic protections for you uh, if you do have an issue come up with your website user, the third kind of website policy, and especially common here in the online space is making sure you have terms of use. So if you are selling digital courses, digital downloads, and online membership, which are all very common, you want to make sure that you have terms that your purchasers can agree to as well that lay out things like your refund policy, your payment policy, intellectual property protections. You know, unfortunately in the online space, it's very common for copycats and infringers mm -hmm. to rear their ugly heads. And so having provisions in there that basically say you're not going to purchase this and share the login information or the product with a third party, or basically, you know, create a competing product that you're basically just going to slap your name on and then turn around and share, putting them on notice, it then gives you the basis to say, well, look, you've agreed to these terms of use at time of purchase, and you're doing something against those terms. So now you have grounds to kind of go after them, which sounds scary. But as a business owner, you also have to think about all the blood, sweat and tears that you're putting into your content creation, yes. into your business building. Uh, you want to protect it. We're not doing all that work for nothing. And exactly. So you kind of have to flip the script, I think, for legal. Yes, it can feel overwhelming and scary. But when you really look at it as though it's self-care for your business, you know, we all talk about boundaries for ourselves and self-care and taking care of ourselves. You have to do the same thing for your business. You have to create those boundaries for your clients and customers to really protect that investment that you're making, I think it feels a little less on onerous and a little less scary. Yes. I, I love the way that you put that because it is. I mean, you have built this business and you've put a lot of your time, money, energy, effort, blood, sweat, tears, everything into it. And so if you look at it as that, almost like fencing it in to protect it and preserve it, then that does make it feel really different. It makes it feel like, like you said, like self-care, like what you have to do to you know, take really good care of yourself. It's that's what you do for your business. I love that, that I've never heard it explained like that. And it does, it, it shifts the way that you think about it a lot, instead of it being a defensive type thing, it's which it is, but just thinking about it in a different way of it's just what you have to do to you know take care of everything that you've put so much effort into. Exactly. It's because it's preventative protection, right? I mean, yes. nobody, nobody likes to think about the worst case scenario of a client not paying or somebody copying your content. But unfortunately, as a business owner, we are all going to have an experience where it happens. It's just true. It's going to yeah. eventually happen. And if, if you're thinking it's all sunshine and rainbows, and definitely it's just not being honest with yourself as a business owner. If the question really is when something happens, not if, you know, it kind of makes you feel like, oh, okay, well, if I can address this now and not have to be stressing right when it happens and trying to scramble to get things in place, it kind of lets you take that side of relief. Like I'd rather feel more calm and, and know that this is in place and I can focus on my zone of genius and really working with my clients and, you know, working from that heart centered place versus being in that more defensive, aggressive, litigious type mindset that I think a lot of yes. people get when they think of legal. And I think it takes that mental burden off of you to where you, you already know 
that you're protected and it kind of already know that line of defense is there and you can serve your clients really well. You can show up in your business and not, it just kind of takes that edge off for me to mm-hmm. think, I know, like as we're going through this, I'm like, yeah, it's good. Everything's taken care of. And it's not just weighing on you and just it will kind of bring you down if you constantly have concerns about something that big. Yeah. And your business being protected, like you can have that relief and then show up better in your business. Yeah. And I think when you really flush out your contract terms from the, the beginning and you start getting more comfortable covering the concepts and integrating them into marketing, because I'm a huge proponent of kind of making concepts in your contract more friendly for your clients and customers and actually making it kind of to your advantage in terms of marketing so that they're not surprised when they get the contract and you're very clear in like landing pages and sales pages about what they're going to get when they work with you in terms of boundaries and, and those types of things. Yeah. But it makes you feel more empowered. And then contracts don't feel so scary. I think it's like anything in business. Like, yes, of course, the first time you're going to encounter something, it's going to be a little intimidating and you're not going to necessarily be sure what to do. But the more practice and the more time that you do sending these contracts and updating terms and and integrating that into your business life, it's going to become a lot more smooth and a lot more accessible for you as a business owner, which is just going to that trajectory for I think building a business when you have that kind of in your toolboxes just explodes. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. So, and I know that we talked about legal being overwhelming and I just kind of quickly went over some of the the key basic, you know, contracts to have in place. Uh, but I do have a free guide on my website. It's nicoletrioden.com slash guide. Uh, and it really does walk you through kind of those nine key steps that you need to take from when you decide you want to start a business to getting things in place to protect yourself. And so entirely free. It kind of gives you the ground, the groundwork that you can do. Um, and I have the legal shop at nicoletriona.com so that if you're ready to snag some of those policies, you can definitely do that. Uh, and it just gives you, like I said, that strong legal foundation to make sure that you are building not a house of cards when it comes to, to your business, that there's some strength there in terms of where you're, where you're building from. And, and if you're ready to speak with an attorney that I always, you know, recommend that small business owners make a, at least a consultation appointment with a business owner to or with that attorney to walk through the legal protections that they should be exploring, kind of get an idea of what it looks like for their business to, to just at least information gather. I'm a big proponent of information gathering because businesses change. So, you know, your legal needs today may be different in a year as you grow and as you are taking on clients and offering different services and, and products. So just having that touch base with an attorney, I think is a invaluable investment. And most small business attorneys have a very discounted rate for a consultation. Some still offer free consultations. So just finding somebody that's in your state, especially for contractual law, because contracts are state specific can be can be beneficial. But again, you know, you definitely want to focus on finding an attorney that you're comfortable with, that you can have a rapport with, and that has some experience in the industry that you're in, especially if you're an online business is, is really important. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for all of the information that you shared with us. And I will make sure that we get all of those links in the show notes so that I know all of the listeners are going to want to go check out that free, all the nine things that you need to do, like when you're starting your business, because I know that is so much of what can feel overwhelming when you are starting a brand new business or you're looking at starting a business and you're kind of thinking ahead of all of the things that you have to do. And so for you to just lay that out there for people to just know exactly what they need to do and kind of have an action plan and not like miss a really important step in that is so generous of you. And I know that a lot of the listeners are going to want to go and grab that. So I'll make sure we have the show notes in there with all of your links. And thank you so much for coming and sharing everything with us today. Thank you. This was fun. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Profitable Pinterest Virtual Assistant Podcast. Be sure to follow the show and leave a rating and review as I love to hear from you. You can find all the details about everything mentioned in today's episode at jennaliott.com slash podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you.